You're listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM, and we're coming to you live from Tasmania, right across Australia. Each weekday at 9am, you can hear what the Bible says about past, current and future events. Learn how to study the Bible more effectively. You can get to know who God is, why we're here and where we're going, and experience personal encounters with Jesus. I'm your host, Jason Cook, and today we have Peter Watts joining us in the studio. Welcome, Peter. Thank you, Jason. It's great to be here. Good morning. Good morning, listeners. Yes, good morning. Now, uh, Peter, last week um, we started a new series with you called The Apprenticeship. And uh, I think last week you mentioned that you've done a number of apprenticeships in your life. Well, it certainly uh, feels that way. And I think uh, perhaps you're on your last, uh, you know, profession, perhaps. Still on the apprenticeship, still learning. <laughs> still learning, okay. All, all, all still learners. But um, T- Tell us about your first apprenticeship. Yeah, so um, I've, done, I've done two proper trade apprenticeships. And the first one was uh, as a car mechanic. I left school at 16 in the UK, which was not uncommon back then. I think 30% of people went on to higher education at that time. I think the percentages are likely to be a lot lot, a lot higher now. But I left school at uh, 16. I wasn't a brilliant academic or anything, and so, um, and I really didn't know uh, what I want, you know, was going to do. My, my sort of dad helped me to, to guide me into being a, a car mechanic. So I did that apprenticeship and um, started at a, uh, it was a, uh, a Datsun dealership, which became a Nissan dealership, mm-hmm. um, halfway through and um, I started out in the detailing department I was there for three months just learning to work I suppose and uh, polishing cars and getting them ready for resale and uh, and then in the, I was in the parts department and then I went into the the, uh, the service department where we were actually working on vehicles and, and do mechanics and and I think that was good because it, it sort of introduced you to a broader range of the car servicing industry if you like rather than just you know changing the spark plugs and the oil Mm. um you know i got to understand a little bit more how the whole thing worked and and uh, i think that when you uh do any apprenticeship there's always perhaps more a lot more to it than you imagine when you first begin and um i think in many ways that's that's like the apprenticeship that we're talking about here, which is really a journey of discipleship. That's what this series is all about. Mm. Uh, we're becoming an apprentice of of the the Lord Jesus Christ and becoming disciples of his, and that's what we, we're wanting to really find out about. Well, before we get into the main topic today, which is why be an apprentice, last week... Uh, Sorry, that was last week's um, topic, was yeah. why be an apprentice. This week's uh, topic is why we need God. Uh, but before we do, we'll just uh, share with our listeners our show number. It's 0488-880-891. And uh, you can use that number to get our offers that we uh, that we will have. And uh, we do have a couple of offers today. I'll just talk about our first offer. This is the book Steps to Christ, which is the main book, I guess, that we're uh, basing a lot of our discussion on for this series and uh, we'd encourage you to get that book uh, so you can follow through and you can read the uh, chapters as we go and each week uh, we're sort of basing our discussion on a chapter of that book so steps to christ you can get that text us in on zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one and the code is steps number one so steps one no spaces 
text that in and uh, we'll try to get that out to you as soon as possible. So Peter, today, why we need God? I guess uh, some would argue that we don't need God. Some would argue that the idea of God um, is just, uh, you know, we have to make it up, the idea of God, because we're somehow weak and we can't exist uh, without having this illusion of of, uh, God to help us. But um, what would you say? Why do we need God? Well, these are very familiar questions for me because um, I... I, uh grew up in a, a sort of secular environment. I was an atheist from my mid-teens uh, mid, mid to mid-20s. And so I would have said the same thing. You know, why do we need God? You know, certainly uh, I would think that, you know, if God does not exist, then the whole thing is a waste of time, right? Um, and many people think that's just a figment of people's uh, imagination. But um, I suppose one thing we can all agree on is that we're all mortal, mm. that... Uh, the lives that we live, uh, we may enjoy them, we may not enjoy them, but the reality is they come to an end, uh, just like everything else. Our cars come to an end, our fridges come to an end, and our pets come to an end, and we come to an end. And uh, so at the very least, we could say, well, we need God if we're going to have any extension of life. Mm. Um, it's, it's interesting, isn't it, that uh, so many people, uh, well, wealthy people, uh, go through the uh, process of cryogenics to freeze their bodies or freeze their brains or whatever in the hope that maybe one day they can extend their life when uh, technology advances. But um, but as a Christian, we don't need that. Well, yeah, that's so. That's one of the reasons why we need God because we have limited life. Mm. Okay, so that's one reason we have a, a shelf life. We have a used by date, and um, you know, God, the, the the God of the Bible, which is the one we're talking about, uh, promises that there is an everlasting life, a, a life that lasts forever, and so uh, that's one reason. But I think that that's um, that's very narrow in itself because mm. it suggests that we don't need him in the here and now. Mm. And uh, in yeah. my own life, when you you know read that before and sort of said, you know, oh, well, you know, the idea of God is for people who are weak and they need something to lean on, and, and I absolutely would confess, yes, I am weak and I need something to lean on. Uh, I, I need God in my life. I've experienced life... Uh, I'm 55 right now, so I've experienced some life, not as much as some, but more than others. And um, I know that I need God in my life. God is Life is better with God in it. Mm. No matter how, what you're going through, life is better with God in it than without. He helps us through this particular life. And some of these themes and things we, we will talk about through this series. But, I, you know, God helps us with our past. He helps us with the guilt and the shame um, and the the uh, embarrassment of the things that we may have done and said in the past that we wish we hadn't. He has a solution for that. It's called forgiveness. Mm. It's called grace. He has a, uh, a solution for the meaningless and the hopelessness that people feel in this current purpose, you know, present life. Um, he gives us meaning. He gives us purpose. He gives us a direction. He gives us a reason for being alive today. And then, of course, he gives us hope for the future. So, you know, God provides for us in the past, present and future of the life that we're currently living, as well as, of course, providing for the next life, Mm. which uh, we all know this life is going to taper out at some point. I've uh, I've heard the whole, I guess, concept and the whole story of the Bible is, you know, we we were created uh, perfectly 
uh, Adam and Eve, not not me personally, but uh, Adam and Eve uh, were created in perfect communion with God. They walked with God. They talked with God. And then, of course, sin entered. And uh, this whole... Uh, this whole, um, what would you say, drama of, of, of the earth and the history and the, the life that, that's mm. played out is all um, about the ultimate reunion with God in, in, in the end. You know, in, in that, that's ultimately what God wants for us is to be reconnected and reunited in a way that was like the beginning. Absolutely. And that's one of the ma- major themes of the mm. Bible is reconciliation, mm. uh, where God is bringing himself and mankind together. You know, God didn't go anywhere. We walked away from him um, in the Garden of Eden. Mm. Somebody once said, if you read the first two chapters of Genesis, you have God creating paradise and putting mankind in it, this perfect world in perfect harmony with nature, with uh, their fellow man, with God, um, and then you read the last two chapters of, of Revelation, uh, you have God restoring, restoring that paradise, that, yeah, yeah. and everything in between is getting us back to the garden. Yeah, that's And it. so uh, reconciliation is a major theme of, of, the, whole, um, of the whole Bible, is, yeah. is, is God reconciling with us. Now, last week we talked about why, why be an apprentice, and then today is why do we need God, mm. and I think that... You know, we talked about one of the apprenticeships that I've done in my life, but that's a choice, right? It, I mean, it's always a choice anyway, but the thing is, it's kind of not not, not a life and death choice. Mm. You know, this is well, a life which, and death choice. Yeah, which particular profession you You know what I mean? To, yeah. Whichever trade you choose to, mm. to be an apprentice in, um, you know, you've got a variety of options, right? And mm. then, you know, they're not life and death choices necessarily. And But this is a life and death choice. So you... You know, we need to be an apprentice, is, is what God is saying. He wants to teach us how to live in the here and now, but how to prepare for eternity. And so that's what, uh, one of the needs, one of the reasons why we need God and we need to uh, engage in this apprenticeship, which the Bible calls a discipleship process. It's it's being a disciple. It's interesting, isn't it, when uh, when bad things happen, people often blame God. And yet uh, we often fail to depend on him um, when when we struggle with you know life you know <laughs> and so we we like to blame God that he that he doesn't fix everything instantly, but we also fail to actually reach out to him when we when we do need one him. of one of the common questions is uh, why do bad things happen to good mm. people, but we very rarely ask the question why does why do good things happen to anybody mm. Mm. exactly. We'll come back to that. Yeah. Let's go to our first break. And uh, before we do, we're just going to ask you a question. In what ways do you feel you most need God? We'd love to hear from you. Text us in on 0488-880-891. In what ways do you feel you most need God? Please text us in. And, of course, uh, remember the book offer. If you haven't got the book Steps to Christ, please uh, text us steps number 1 to 0488-880-891. This is Broken Systems by Carly Fletcher.
Of 
Broken Sisters by Carly Fletcher. It's a beautiful song. And it's relevant to what we're talking about today. But uh, before the break, we asked our listeners to text us in. In what ways do you feel you most need God? And if uh, you'd like to answer that, please do text us in your answer, 0488880891. But Teresa uh, texted us in and she said, I need God in my life in everything I do. Without him, I would not be where I am today. And she's added, God bless you all. Well, we'd like to ask God to bless you too, Teresa. So thanks for texting us in. And it's great to acknowledge uh, that we need God in everything. Uh, Peter, before the break, we're talking about the original paradise that God created with Adam and Eve, where they could talk and walk and uh, spend time with God every day. What went wrong? Yeah, well, the, the Bible record tells us that um, God had given them all that they needed uh, and abundantly more than they needed. And he said, of all the trees that uh, are in the garden, you may freely eat. But there's one that he knew would be dangerous for them be because the, there was an enemy. And the enemy we uh, know is the devil. It's interesting if you ask people today and you did a survey of people in Hobart, or uh, I guess any town in Australia, you'll find, you ask people if they believed in God, and a certain percentage of people would say, yes, I believe in God. If you ask that same group of people, do you believe in the devil? A smaller, smaller percentage. Number, yeah. As though somehow, if I say I don't believe in him, then he has no influence over yeah. me. Or if I do say I believe that there is a devil, that somehow I'm bringing some kind of curse upon myself. Mm. Um, uh, but the reality is that right down there at the beginning, we, we see this conflict in the garden where the serpent, which is the devil in disguise, um, he is tempting Adam and Eve to, or Eve at the tree to begin with, to separate from God. Mm. Uh, essentially, to separate from God, follow His counsel, uh, which is what what she does. She gives the takes the fruit, gives it to Adam as well, and both of them take a uh, make a decision. They take a direction that is away from God, and the problem with that is, is if God's the only source of life, any direction away from Him only results in death. And God knows that. In fact, Isaiah fifty nine verse two tells us that it's our sins that have separated us from God. And so if sin separates us from God, what is the answer? Well, Jesus is the one who came to bring us back together. He's the one who, who came to bridge that gulf between God and us uh, that we had created, that this, this was not something uh, that, that God wanted, but this is something that was a result of our choices. Now, as we did that, and we're all, of course, um, the ancestors of Adam and Eve, and mm. we've all inherited that selfishness. And so what, we, what happened through disobedience, our natures became corrupted. And we don't fully understand how that happened. I mean, we don't understand what it was like to be perfect because that was so long ago. Uh, and we weren't, you know, we weren't there. We've not experienced human perfection. Some might argue with that. <laughs> I won't. <laughs> no, no. Well, it's funny. I was watching uh, TV yesterday, and they have all these ads for uh, skin products to to make you look perfect. Mm. But it's all superficial, it's right? All on it's the all, outside. It's yeah. all on the outside, and and uh, 
you know, we are still who we are. Mm. And um, so, you know, we, we're saying that we're we're um, we've basically got a, a nature that is inclined towards selfish, selfishness and sin. Um, I've heard it said that uh, that sin can't exist in the presence of God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the thing is, God is holy. Mm. We had separated ourselves from Him, and. What God is trying to do is trying to find a way to reconcile us once again. And sin in the presence of God is just consumed. The Bible says our God is a consuming fire. And what that means is sin in the presence of God, just like darkness in the presence of light, cannot exist. We're in a room here. We're in the studio. We turn, you know, you come in this morning. It was all dark. You turn the light on. The darkness disappears. It, mm. it cannot exist mm. in the presence of light, mm. just as sin cannot exist in the presence of God. So what is God to do? Well, God had to come and deal with our sins. And, and God came in the person of Jesus to pay the price for our sins and to clothe us. This is an important part too. This is part of the gospel. That Jesus not only took away our sin, and the Bible describes it as filthy rags, Okay, He took away our sins as though they were filthy rags, but he also clothes us with his perfect robe of righteousness. In other words, he gives us a record of perfection, his own record of perfection, and takes away our record of sin. And uh, in that robe of righteousness, we can stand in the presence of God. And uh, this is... This is uh, what Jesus has done for us. But we tend to have a selfish nature. You know, I've said before on this radio station, if you put a couple of young children uh, in in a room and you, you know, you give them five jelly beans to share, they're not usually going to say, well, you have the odd one or you have you have three, I'll have two, or you, you have four, you have the lot, you have five, and I, I won't <laughs> go without. No, we're usually scrambling and arguing over who gets what. Uh, because it doesn't take us very long to discover that we're selfish. Mm. And, uh, you know, God wants to help us to to change and to become the selfless beings that he created us to be in the first place. You know, at the heart of sin is selfishness. And so that's one of the reasons why we need God, because we are broken, defective, incomplete, wounded, flawed, and we are mortal. So... We, uh, I guess, the what we said earlier that the the ultimate um, plan of God is to reunite and reconnect us, and uh, we, you know, as Christians, we talk about being in heaven. Mm. And uh, I guess the, the question would come up: Well, if somebody is uh, selfish and sinful, how would they go in heaven? You know, God no doubt wants all people to be in heaven, but yes. how do we deal with sin in the context of heaven? God loves everybody. That's very important to understand. God loves everybody. He's inviting us to take on this apprenticeship. He's inviting us to become disciples of Christ. Um, but you see, if we have a sinful nature, if we are selfish at heart, then we would find it very uncomfortable to be in a place where selflessness is the norm. We can barely imagine that place because we live in a world where we're used to people um, taking perhaps more than giving now, we can all think of people who are generous down here. We can all think of people who are, are kind. And, you know, this is the challenge for humanity is that we kind of have both of these uh, elements at work in our lives. Um, and what God is wanting to do is to help us to suppress the selfishness and to allow the selflessness to be the, the dominant 
in our lives. So that's, it's, it's really a, a, about a change of heart, I guess, isn't it? It really is. It's, yeah. it's like um, I, I, I want to be more like Christ. Yeah. <laughs> I want to be more loving. I want to be less selfish yeah. rather than I want more things for myself. I've got, I'm going to read a passage here, and, um, but I'll, maybe I'll read the passage first. This is mm. Romans 8. We're going to read 8, 5 to 7. It says, For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. So when we're in our natural state, we're born with a sinful nature. And I like to um, equate this to like being addicted. I um, talk about a story that I read once in a, uh, a newspaper a few years ago where a child had been born addicted to drugs because their its parents had been addicted to drugs and they'd passed that addiction on to the child. And so uh, the medical staff were battling to save the child's life, to keep the child alive, but the child was born addicted to drugs. In many ways, I think that's like us. We are born with this addiction to sin that we inherited from Adam and Eve and onwards through through the generations. And God is trying to help us to get off that addiction and become reconciled to him. We will talk more about that right after the break. Um, but right now, just to remember our listener question, in what ways do you feel you most need God? Text us in on zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one. This is yet not I, but Christ in me. Uh, this is by City of Light. What gift of grace is Jesus, my redeemer? There is no.
Not I, but through Christ in me by City of Light. You're listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM and we're speaking with Peter Watts this morning on his series, The Apprenticeship. Now, during the last section, we had Michael texting a question, uh, which was, did Adam and Eve die in the day they ate of the fruit after being tempted by uh, the serpent? That's an excellent question. And the answer to that is yes and no. <laughs> So the answer is, yes, they died spiritually. Something spiritual died in them, that was for sure. But they didn't die physically Mm. uh, because it actually says that Adam lived 930 years. So he had a a long battery life, shall we say. Um, And sometimes I've uh, used that sort of illustration of the, the mobile phone. You know, it certainly has a certain amount of battery life today and tomorrow a bit less and the next day a bit less until it dies and it cannot... It will not live again unless you power it up from an external source. Mm. But um, Adam and Eve did die spiritually. 
but they continued to live physically. Now, God it's would about have, 900 years or something. Yeah, that it would have been just. I mean, God would have been justified in taking life from them at that point because once you separate from life, you no longer have right to it. But what God wants to do is to give everybody an opportunity to make a different choice. If you like, at the uh, Garden of Eden, they, it was like a voting booth. Mm. Will you vote to continue to follow God or will you vote to believe and to follow the advice of the serpent, which is Satan? And they, they made that fault, you know, that, that poor choice. But God is uh, always trying to give us the opportunity to choose him. I want to read this uh, passage out of Second Peter, the New Testament. It says, uh, you're not, but you must not forget one thing, dear friends. A day is like a thousand years to the Lord, and a thousand years is like a day. The Lord isn't really being slow about his promise, as some people think. No, he is being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed, but wants everyone to repent. So God gave them... Uh, their lifetime, which was about 900 years. Interesting that, you know, a day is like a thousand years. He gave them almost a thousand years to uh, understand. Yeah, and Uh, to make that different choice. And I think, you know, for them, the the contrast would have been stark. Every time a a plant died, every time an animal died, you know, they would have remembered the choice that they made and Mm. the consequences of that. For us, we've never seen that perfection. We've never seen paradise um, we have glimpses of it. We have, you know, writings about it in the Bible, but we haven't glimpsed that yet. And we, we, we know this, this fallen world, but God is wanting to reconcile us to himself through his son. And of course, it's something that we have to let God do in our lives. You know, the, I'm reading a verse here in John 15, 5, which says, uh, Jesus says, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. nothing. Mm. And so it's reminding us that in the spiritual realm, without Jesus, we can do nothing. Um, there's another uh, passage here that um, in Jeremiah 17, verse 9, where it talks about the human heart. You know, we talked about the fact that we are addicted to sin, that we have this sinful nature, we have this fallen nature, and that's why we need God. That's why we need to be reconciled to him. In Jeremiah seventeen nine, it says, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? We need, you mentioned earlier, we need a change of heart. Mm. And that's exactly uh, what we need. And it's exactly what uh, the Bible talks about in terms of our need. So what does that change of heart look like and, and how does it begin? So the Bible talks about an experience of being born again. Mm. And, uh, you know, I go back to that previous illustration of the little baby girl who was born addicted to drugs. And uh, if that's us, you know, if we imagine ourselves we're born addicted to sin, we need to be born again. And it's a spiritual birth. It's interesting because Jesus had this conversation with a mature Christian leader. Uh, and this uh, man, his well, name was... He was a Jewish leader. That's he wasn't right. yet Christian. Sorry. Yes, that's, that's true. <laughs> he so, became Christian. I'm glad you pointed that out. <laughs> Thanks for correcting me there. That's true. He was a mature Jewish leader called Nicodemus, and we find his story in uh, John chapter 3, and um, he, he has this conversation. Now, Nicodemus was a teacher of the people mm. in terms of faith and religious religion and spiritual things. And... Uh, you know, he would have thought himself an upright, you know, fairly uh, holy person, no doubt. Um, but Jesus had news for him. And, uh, 
you know, maybe we'll read it from verse 1. I'm going to re- just set it up here, and then I'll get you to read from verse 3, Jason. Sure. So uh, this is John chapter 3, verse 1. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. And Jesus answered and said to him, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? And Jesus answered, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. All right, so here it's very important. Now, many people may have uh, heard of water baptism. Yeah. But Jesus says, born of water and And the the spirit. Spirit. Mm. This is a spiritual rebirth that Jesus Mm. is talking about. He, You know, he's not saying we've got to be reborn physically. That can't happen. And this is what Nicodemus is asking him. And I'm sure he had a smile on his face when Nicodemus was asking him that question. But... um, it's a spiritual rebirth, and uh, you know it is a. It's a fatal deception to think that we can improve ourselves spiritually, that we can do it without God, that we can, um, you know, fix the problem ourselves. Mm. Uh, only God can do it, and and this has got to be. This is help from outside of us, from the Creator. He's the one who can also restore us to to relationship with Him. So basically, what you're saying is. <clears throat> we can't just um, try harder to be good. Yeah, that's right. You know, sometimes people have um, illustrated, you know, you've got, uh, ima- imagine uh, you come to the edge of this great chasm, something like the Grand Canyon, and you're standing on the edge of this Grand Canyon. And then on the other side, you've got the the, uh, the 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 land on the other side. And there's this great gap that um, stands between us and God, that, that has been caused by sin. It separates us from God. And some have suggested that, you know, Jesus, when he dies on the cross, he builds that bridge that enables us to be reconnected to God, that Jesus is the bridge. Uh, and and um, the Bible itself, of course, calls it a ladder. There's the story of Jacob's ladder. Maybe some, I remember walking in uh Derbyshire in the UK and there's a place called Jacob's Ladder which is a tall, a steep hill but um, Jacob's Ladder is a story in the Bible where Jacob had deceived his uh, brother Esau deceived his father Isaac and then he was on the run uh, because he was concerned about what Esau might do to him because he had deceived him out of stealing the birthright and um, I guess he was feeling guilty and he, he lay down he put a rock for his pillow. I don't know how easy it, it is to sleep on a rock. doesn't sound very comfortable. doesn't sound very comfortable. And he sleeps, and he has this dream of a ladder that extends from earth to heaven, and angels are going up and down on this ladder. Well, what's interesting is Jesus picks up that uh, story in John one fifty one. Uh, I don't know if you have that there, but I've got it here. I do, but what I'm going to do is uh, keep our listeners waiting because we're going to go to a break. Really? And we'll read that. It's already time for a break, Peter. All right, we'll come back at John 151 in a bit. (laughs) And uh, just before we go to a break, we had Stuart texting in to say, I agree with Paul, if there's nothing beyond this life, it is miserable indeed. 
I need that eternal hope. The, and uh, he said blessings from Stuart. So thanks text, uh, for texting us in, Stuart. Um, I uh, totally agree that um, life doesn't seem to be uh, all that um, wonderful if Forces this is all there time. is. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, but uh, let's go to our next break. And uh, just before we do, uh, our free offer today, in addition to the Steps to Christ book, we're going to be giving away a DVD, just five copies of a DVD. It's called Cosmic Conflict and the Origin of Evil. So we'll tell you a bit more about that after the break. But right now, this is... Uh, Keith Green with There is a Redeemer. This program is made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio. 
You're listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM and we're speaking with Peter Watts this morning on why we need God. And before the break, I mentioned our book offer today. This is uh, a DVD, The uh, Cosmic Conflict, the, orig- the Origin of Evil. And if you want to understand where evil came from and why God let it happen, this DVD is a great resource to, to view and it brings to life the ultimate battle between good and evil. The code for this uh, DVD is STEPS number 2. We've got just five copies to give away, so please text in STEPS number 2 to 0488 Peter, before the break, you were describing Jacob's dream where there was a ladder extending all the way to heaven and I cut you short, I apologise for that uh, as to some of the meaning of of what this dream was all about Well it's actually Jesus who picks up on that uh, story and emphasises what the significance of Jacob's ladder is really all about so Jacob was assured that um, God was uh, still uh, wanting him to be reconciled with him uh, when he gave him that dream of Jacob's ladder, this connection between heaven and earth um, and, and Jesus picks that up because Jacob saw angels ascending and descending on that ladder. And uh, Jesus, when he's talking to Nathaniel in the Gospel of John, I think you've got it there, John one fifty one. this is what he said. And he said to him, Most assuredly I say to you, hereafter you shall see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. So that ladder, or that bridge, if you like, is Jesus. Mm. Uh, The Son of Man is a term Jesus used for himself. So he's saying he is the one who actually connects heaven and earth. Uh, And that was his whole purpose of coming, is to reconnect God and humanity, and uh, to remove that separation that sin had caused. Now, we know that um, as we become apprentices or disciples um there is in deuteronomy i was going to turn to deuteronomy 28 we won't read that whole chapter but in deuteronomy 28 god is talking through moses and he says that these are the consequences of separating from me and these are the consequences of walking with me Mm. and they're called blessings and cursings Mm. and of course uh, we want the blessings and there are so many blessings of of walking you know with Christ and with God and being reconciled to him. And you mentioned earlier that uh, that you know being a Christian isn't just about what's after our death here. Exactly. It's what's happened right now. You yeah. know we we actually have a better life now. Absolutely. Uh, for being connected with God right now. My life, I mean my life has been better with God. I, I you know my life's a, 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 about cut in half with with my secular life up until the age of 26 and then my spiritual life thereafter and um, my life is better with God than without it for sure Mm. and that's in this life Mm. Uh, and and of course we have the eternal life uh, to come but in um, 2nd Corinthians 5 I'd like to turn there now Um, we have this passage in uh, 2nd Corinthians 5 verse 17 to 21 and uh, I think you've got that there, Jason. Do, it yeah. talks about this. Uh, we talked before about being born again. Jesus talked about that with Nicodemus. But here he's, Paul is writing about um, a new creation. It says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Now all things are of God 
who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God were pleading through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. What's that really saying? (laughs) There's a lot in there. There's so many things we could pull out of there, but... The fact is, through Christ, we can be born again. We can have this new spiritual nature. We can choose to be in harmony with God. And we can be reconciled to him through Christ. That's the whole purpose of the ladder or the bridge, that Jesus came to join us back together uh, with God. And if you think about it, uh, God has been working tirelessly since that fall in the Garden of Eden to bring us back, to redeem us, to to pay the price for our sins but, and to bring us back into to harmony with him. And that's, he, and, and that's what the work of Christ was all about. Mm, and not only all of that, and I love that part there where it says now we are uh, ambassadors for Christ as mm. though God were pleading through us. Mm. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God gives us a purpose in this life. Mm. When we have been reconciled to God, he gives us the purpose of helping others to become reconciled to life. And you don't have to be a preacher to do that. You could be a car mechanic, as I once was. You could be a bookbinder. You could be a radio presenter. You could be an accountant. You can, in your place of work, in your place of influence, whether you're a college or whatever it may be, uh, in in whomever you are in contact with, you can be that source of uh, light and wisdom and knowledge. You can be that representative of Christ to help others find that reconciliation. Mm. So there's more than just uh, changing us. It's a way of helping us to be an influence to change others as well. David uh, Maxwell um, spoke a little bit of this, that uh, as Christians we're meant to reflect the love of God to others. And um, and whilst we do it imperfectly, because as yet I'm not perfect, I'm not sure about you, Peter, but... <laughs> like, I, like Paul, I do not uh, yet say that I have arrived, but I press on toward the goal. <laughs> That's it. So uh, I'm not perfect, but uh, we still have this, um, I guess, mission, isn't it, or yeah. this purpose yeah. to uh, be ambassadors for Christ. And you think about all that God has poured out for, for us, you know, There is Jesus coming from heaven to earth to take on humanity, to live as we live, to walk amongst us, then to go to the cross and die for us, to rise and now represent us in heaven. Jesus is in heaven now representing humanity. Then you've got the ministry of the angels. You've got the Holy Spirit uh, convincing and convicting us. We've got the record of the, uh, the still, the, the beautiful things in nature that we can see that remind us of God's goodness. So in one sentence, uh, Peter, what would you say the takeaway is for today's program? Well, why we need God? We need God in the here and now to show us how to live, how to treat one another and how to be in harmony with God. And then finally, we need God because we are mortal and he is eternal. Mm, Amen. Remember our uh, DVD giveaway today, The Origin of Evil. That's the code for that is steps number two, and you can text that into 0488 
880891. That's steps number two, 0488 uh, Now, of course, if you haven't yet got the book Steps to Christ, you can also claim that on the same number. You can text in steps number one. No spaces, steps number one, and we'll get a copy of the book Steps to Christ out to you as well. Now, Peter, leading on from this program, uh, what, where are you taking us next week? So next week we are doing part three of the apprenticeship and it's on the subject of repentance and it's called Taking Responsibility. Okay, well, we'll uh, look forward to what that's all about and it sort of sounds a little bit scary because we don't like to uh, take responsibility, do we? Who's responsible? <laughs> we, uh, we like to pass the buck, but we need to actually take responsibility. We need to understand that subject and then we we're going to unpack it next week. Yeah. Now tomorrow we've got Tabitha and Daniel Mateo. Daniel's our new presenter uh, on the program series and he, he's, uh, he's going to be talking about why understand the Bible. Why, why is it worth, I guess, the time and the effort to read and to try to understand the Bible. So uh, we do hope you can join us tomorrow with uh, Daniel and Tabitha uh, on their program called Drawing from the Well. We're going to go out now and we uh, just hope that you have a great day, that uh, wherever you are, that God is with you. And uh, this last song, Keith and Kristen Getty, is called I Will Not Forget. Jesus, Lord, oh, help me always to remember how your miracle delivered me from pain, how your love has freed my captive heart forever. By your grace, you've always been my one defender. I was dead. And then you gave me life again Yes, you gave me life again And I won't forget the torment and the sadness I was helpless, so I called upon your name And you answered me with mercy's tender kindness Shone your hope to take away my sorrow's darkness And the light upon your face now shines on me Yes, forever Shines on me Clouds and no more shadows in my heart. We 
This program is made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio. 